the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. Hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving, which seems kind of weird since I'm recording this the day before. (laughs) Uh, Hey, if you want to call me and talk about your own situation, feel free to dial me up. You can go to my website, BullingtonCapital.com. The phone number is there. It's 440-664-0700. And I'll be glad to set up a phone meeting if you just want to discuss your personal financial situation or you just have questions. Um, Most of the time, I'll answer a question through an email just to let you know and then invite you to set up a, a time if you wanted to talk about it. So having said that, what kinds of things do people want to talk about? Well, lately, the... Well, I shouldn't say just lately. It's for the past, I don't know, two to three years. Interest rates have gotten so low and there's so little sign of interest rates moving up anytime real soon that people have been calling in and, and asking a lot about that. You know, and you've got some various options available to you. And we'll talk about those right after, you know, in the second part of the today's show. There are actually three parts of the show today. And uh, we're going to talk about that because it, it's, you know, normally people would have 40 to 50% of their money, especially retirees. Now, if you're younger, you should be probably more like 70 to 80% in stock funds uh, or in stocks in general. And you shouldn't have a ton of money in short-term fixed income uh, or fixed income at all because the interest rates there are so low. Now, if it's an emergency fund, then you can't invest that in the stock market because the stock market could drop a lot right when you needed the money. So the emergency fund that you've got set aside, don't put that in stocks. And and I know it's frustrating. I, I know it is. I, I deal with it every day. I'm looking at it myself going, wow, that sure is a low interest rate. Yeah, but that's your emergency fund. Don't be investing your emergency fund in the stock market. And... Uh, it's just not a wise thing to do right now. What? Uh, and by the way, I like stocks. I like stocks a lot. I think that given the current economic environment that we're in, I think they're going to do pretty well. In fact, I get a report that's kind of interesting. It comes out, I, don't know, I think, biweekly. Um, it's from one of the big 
money managers in the, in the country. And I can't use their name because I don't have permission to uh, read this to the general public. So I'm just going to take some selected areas of it. And uh, it's just reference material. And I have a pretty good feeling they, they do a lot of research. I mean, the disclaimers on this thing are, I don't know, it's probably a couple thousand words. And uh, so anyway, I just thought it was interesting that they pointed out that when the last time the Fed raised rates between 1214 of, of 2016 and 1219 of 2018, they raised them eight times and it was a quarter of a percent each time. So basically 2% over that time period. And between that same time period, the S&P 500 went up 15.8%. Now think about that. That was the aggregate over a two-year period. Market's always volatile, but at the end of the at the end of the two year time period when they were raising interest rates, the S and P actually went up. Now that is not supposed to happen, by the way. It's uh, when they start raising interest rates. Historically, people used to believe that stocks would go down, and I'm not sure exactly why they ever thought that. <laughs> I used to. I know it made more sense. Bonds would become more attractive. CDs would be become more attractive. Savings accounts would be more attractive. Because they're paying higher interest rates. But a lot of people just didn't care. I mean, so what? You know, so they were looking at the really long term with their stock portfolios. And um, oftentimes, they moved in unison. When interest rates were going up, stock market went up. Sometimes the stock market went down when interest rates go up. It should cause some uh, trepidation on the in the minds of investors, particularly professional investors, because they know it, that when interest rates go up, that most of the companies in the S and P five hundred or Russell one thousand, Russell three thousand, for that matter, that's my favorite index, by the way, the Russell three thousand. It's not the top five hundred companies like the S and P five hundred, and the S and P five hundred has fifty percent of its money in the top fifty stocks. I'm a doesn't sound like really good diversification to me. You got half your money in 50 stocks. Uh, I know some people go, yeah, but it's done so well. It, it has. And the Russell 3000 has done incredibly well, too. little less volatility. And I just like the fact that Microsoft was in the Russell 3000 for a few years before they added it to the S&P 500. So it benefited from that growth. In fact, my favorite index is the uh, Russell Midcap. So we'll talk about that in a little bit later or maybe on next week's show. But my point to this whole thing was trying to guess at what's going to happen or trying to, it's over a one or a two year time period is just incredibly naive. And I'm sorry if that offends some of you people out there, because I know when I call you naive, because you're trying to figure out what's going to happen in the next two years that you get offended <laughs> and you don't understand why that can't be done with a high degree of accuracy. Well, nobody's ever been able to do that with a high degree of accuracy. And if you were ever able to do that, you'd be the first person in recorded history that knew how to do that. Warren Buffett, one of the world's richest men, got his money by invest buying companies. Okay, He doesn't know how to do it. And he'll tell you that. Um, Peter Lynch, most of you guys, the millennials don't even know who this guy is. This guy set the stock market on fire. He was, nobody's ever going to touch his track record again. Go look it up. 
Okay, I'm not. That's all I'm going to say about that. Just go look it up. And uh, he would say he not only did he not try to time the market, but he didn't read the economic reports. He said he spent 15 minutes a year reading the economic reports, and he felt like he'd wasted 15 minutes. <laughs> so when you've got the best that ever lived, okay, he's the best. That's telling you that. You, you think he's just pulling your leg? It, it, it's not real. He, he just wants to keep it all to himself. I don't think so. He's been retired for decades now and uh, retired at a very young age, very wealthy. Still works, though, but uh, started a foundation and uh, interest. But in fact, you can go back up on YouTube now, which I, I do fairly frequently. And there are some videos that have been released that hadn't been released in a very long time. And uh, actually, some of them have been around for several years now because I, I got so tired of, of scanning for it that I, I stopped. But then I went back to my old habits a few days ago. And lo and behold, there's Peter Lynch with some video footage that I had not seen before. So pretty good. Anyway, if you put $10,000 into the fund that he was running when he took control of it or when he was put in control of it, and 13 years later, when he retired, it had been clo worth close to $300,000. Think about that for a second. Yeah. So he's telling you that you're wasting your time if you're reading economic reports. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you always wonder. I, the market's changed quite a bit since a lot of these guys have been around. Uh, and the things that work better today than they did before, mainly because they didn't, you didn't have an option to execute these strategies, are uh, a little bit different. They're a little sharper than the competition was at the time that, that Peter Lynch and Warren Buffett, they were making all their money, or not all their money, a big portion of their money when they were outperforming the market by the most. A lot of, things, a lot of the infrastructure wasn't there, and that's one of the reasons I, I left to start my own firm because I saw these options coming. And I was what you might uh, call a quant. That means I use math to figure out what I should do next. Does the company are the company's sales rising? Yes or no? If the answer is no, boom, next stock. That's math. See, if there's an increase, uh, it's, it's just simply math. Next thing I like to look at: what do the profit margins look at are, look like? Are they generating profits at all? If they are generating profits. Sometimes they're generating cash, but on the on the um, on their final re earnings reports, they're showing losses. Why are they doing that? Because a lot of young companies invest a lot, and they get a lot of deductions and write-offs, and, and ton of other stuff that can happen. But uh, so, what are their uh, gross profit margins? What do those look like? Because you got to have profits if you're going to be if you're going to stay in business. You do not have to have profits to be a publicly traded company. I don't know how many people actually know that. You do not have to have profits to be listed on a stock exchange. Now, obviously, people list their stocks on the stock exchange, hope to have profits, and they hope to have those profits grow, and they hope to have the accompanying share price appreciation that should come along with that. But all other things being equal, the stock market does whatever it wants to do, and stocks will behave poorly. For long time periods, over extremely long time periods, they, they have a tendency to behave very well. And that's kind of one of the reasons I, I like the new stock market. I mean, it's dominated by institutional funds, and you can kind of dial up whatever you like. Like, I happen to like a lot of growth 
stocks. I like a lot, a lot of growth stocks. I like the uh, formulas that they're using to select the stocks. Not all of them. Some of them are just plain old speed. They're a little bit too volatile. But I like the combination of speed and profitability. These companies are profitable and their share prices are rising. That's what I like the best. So anyway, when I'm looking at that kind of stuff, that's what I'm looking for. Now, um, I, I, you know, I need to get back to this uh, uh, report that I got because I thought a lot of this was pretty cool. Here's one of the uh, things I really liked. Questioning the status quo, 71% of 1,025 high school teenagers ages 14 to 18 surveyed in May 2020 were likely to pursue a four-year college degree. Just 48 of uh, 1,052 high school seniors surveyed in September 2021 were likely to pursue. So there was a a college degree. Um, There was a drop there. Let's see what that was. So they go on to say many teenagers want to forget their own educational path and are seeking information on other post high school career options. So, In other words, they're thinking about not going to college to get a uh, traditional degree and are, are looking at other training programs, which I think is a there's a huge opportunity in the United States for that. And there are companies here in the greater Cleveland area. You can get a trade. And a lot of the trades pay a whole lot better than jobs you have to have college degrees for. And so if you're really not that keen on going to college and having to take sociology and psychology and a bunch of classes, you'll probably never see the material again in your life. The uh, <laughs> Wish I would have known that. Um, you would go to a, a trade school. And right now, the people that have trades, uh, there's a shortage of them. So I think that that's pretty interesting. It's not that important, but it is important to find out about these programs. You know, there are lots of different programs. You've got um, unions that know a lot about it. You can actually just go in and Google local unions on whatever trade it is that you think you'd like, you might like to do. And I think you've got, this is a perfect time for that. And it's unbelievable uh, to me what, how big the shortages are in those skilled trades industries. So there's a, a really good chance of making a very good living without having to go to college, which I think is kind of good. But uh, in college is great, but, you know, not for everybody. So anyway, taxes. H.R. 5376, a.k.a. the Build Back Better Act. Okay. It's estimated to raise taxes on the top 1% of U.S. taxpayers and lower taxes on the other 99% of taxpayers. Now, I did not produce this, folks. Don't call me and complain. <laughs> I'm just reading it the way it was written. The top 1% of taxpayers, approximately 1.4 million tax returns, would see an annual federal tax increase of $54,360. Unless you're Elon Musk. And uh, his tax is going to be a lot higher than that, <laughs> especially if he sells all that stock that he's talking about doing. He's got some really good alert uh, lawyers that will probably bail him out of that. But anyway, um, the highest rate to pay, the highest individual marginal tax rate in t- 2022, 37% under current law, comes into play for single taxpayers at 539000 of taxable income and $647,000 of taxable income for married filing jointly. 
So I'm sure that's uh, not, I don't know whether it's good, good news or bad news. You know, I have a lot of my average clients, you know, they've saved. They've, they've gotten up to a really good level because they put in a lot of time, effort, and energy. And I, most of them are not going to be in the, those tax brackets. So the, the very few, the ones at the very top will be there. And I'm not sure if that's actually going to, what it's going to have, and what, you know, what impact that might have. And it might get voted down. So that's the other thing. I don't know what's going to happen here. I can tell you that a lot of the stuff that's going on uh, is probably inflationary, more than likely, and that with bonds paying less than 1%, you'd better be looking at stocks and you, you know, just buckle up. If you want some safety, uh, you've got your choices of money market accounts that are paying literally nothing, but they don't fluctuate. They pay nothing, but they don't fluctuate. So that can, that's one area of safety. That's why I started talking about the fixed index annuities because I saw this coming. Uh, actually, we were already in it for a long time. And I came around to thinking, you know what? These products have evolved. And we'll talk about that evolution right after we come back from these messages. I see your pain out in the dark, out in the rain. You're so alone, you're so afraid. I heard you pray. In Jesus' name, it may be midnight or midday. It's never early, never late. Hey, don't stand by what he claimed. I lived enough life to say. Hope is on the way. Round in the corner. Familiar highways, line with leaves turn brown, making my way back into my hometown. Funny how this all looks different, but it feels the same. Like how life never stops changing, but some things never change. So fill your plate and fill your drink and fill this house with family. The kind of love that all these years can't wash away Cause the older that I get I see the life short and bittersweet Thank God for this Thanksgiving day Alright, hey How do you like that? Great song Thanks Josh <laughs> So, alright, yep You know, I need to remind you This is Bill Bullington if you've forgotten <laughs> or if you don't know, and I'm on this radio station every Saturday morning, 11 to noon. You can go to my website, bullingtoncapital.com, and reach out if you have questions, you want to talk about your situation for a little bit. The uh, That's basically what we do. Anyway, I, I was going over some uh, kind of some economic statistics and uh, kind of rough that they're looking at raising taxes. The taxes that they're going to raise, they're going to get the top 1%. So the other 99%, and I don't know. Uh, I, I think it's going to be inflationary. That, that's what I feel. Okay. So as far as you know, the vast majority, are they going to come after the little guy? Probably not. Are they going to come after your 401k? No. You know why? Because they're going to get your 401k taxed anyway. When everybody, let me put it this way. Old man time. Bats a thousand. (laughs) 
you can't live forever. And sooner or later, the money's going to have to come out of the IRA and they're going to get their taxes on it. So they don't have to take it. They don't have to increase required minimum distributions. In fact, they've done the opposite. They've actually lowered the amount people have to take and they've pushed it out a couple of years because they, they realize that, you know, it, it's tough out there. So anyway, I have no idea what is going to pass, what is not going to pass. I've been surprised so many times that I just lightly pay attention, but I try not to develop too heavy of an opinion because those opinions are often wrong. So the, the idea is to see what comes down the pike when it happens uh, so that you can, uh, by keeping up with it, you can be prepared for it. And uh, then you just adjust and whatever happens. We're adjusting now because interest rates are so low. Interest rates are incredibly low. I really did not think that you would see interest rates at these levels. In fact, interest rates were higher during the depression than they are now. Think about that for a second. Interest rates were actually slightly higher during the depression than they are now. So that that's troubling, if you ask me. And I'm not sure uh, why they, I, actually I am kind of sure why, because they, they just didn't know. They weren't as sophisticated as they are today. Powell just got reappointed. I think that's good. Um, there's an old saying that always stuck with me. Don't change a horse in midstream. The uh, very difficult, if, if if you're older or you're a cowboy, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The uh, But if, if you're not, oh well. It just means that probably a good time with all the turmoil that's going on that we keep what's been working very well. We'll just keep it in place for a while and uh, take another look another uh, when his term comes up for renewal. So I think that's, I think that's actually very positive. I think that his actions, he's done exactly what he's needed to. I'm applauding these guys. They are, they run the world's largest economy, whether you know it or not. They're actually the real bosses because they control the credit. They're the ones who decide who gets funded, who doesn't and how much they're going to charge them. And that's a big deal. So Anyway, oh, I'll get off the uh, uh, the soapbox now. I just I, I'm very impressed. I'm just very impressed with the way things have been handled because the situation's not been easy. These have been really tough, trying situations, and the government's kept doing fairly well. I mean, is gonna, anybody going to be perfect? No, you're not. And, but are they doing a pretty good job? Yes. I think they're doing an excellent job. And are they going to make mistakes? Well, everybody's going to make mistakes. We're all human. The, uh, but the mistakes that they're making are not the mistakes that are going to end our society the way that we know it. So that's a good thing. And there's a lot of growth coming down. Here's what people really don't get. I mean, when I'm reading, not, not, I guess just the vast majority of people, our country is undergoing a change that is mind-boggling. It's like an another, it's an another, it's another industrial revolution. That's what it is. So the electrification of the country in industries that have been heavily reliant on fuels that were damaging to the atmosphere. That is an unbelievably big deal. And it affects everything. I mean, everything's going to be impacted by this. And it creates 
an enormous amount of opportunity. And the opportunity is in, it, it's so uh, far reaching. So you've got electricians. You know, they're going to have to learn how to use some of the different tools and different products that they're going to have because it's actually going to make its way into the home when you start talking about solar panels and gen- generators and, and battery packs for houses. That's just one thing. The electricity providers that are providing electricity on a large scale are going to be buying electricity from more than one supplier instead of producing it all on their own. So they've got the transmission uh, that's probably going to be their biggest income producer. And it's going to be huge. It's already huge. And it's it's growing. So uh, it just goes on and on and on and on. And when you think about all the things that your house can do now, what your cars can do, uh, that the cars are going um, are electric and you've got to have solar panels for houses. I mean, everywhere you look, if you start going onto the internet and just start typing in alternative fuels, you know, they're talking about hydrogen, the most abundant element in the universe. They are working on ways to, to be able to use that and make it much more available. That's one of the big problems. We don't have the distribution. We have distribution for a lot of gas, a lot of natural gas. It's not where it needs to be, but, uh, we've got a lot more distribution there. Um, it's just really exciting to see that there's an awful lot of opportunity. Now, if I were a traditional and if I were a, a coal producer or if I'm a, um, traditional, you know, gas and oil, I, I would be a little bit worried, not as much about the gas and oil. Yes. Yeah. Not as much about the gas and oil, but you know, coal that that's at some point in time, that's just going to go away. Uh, at some point in time, it's not soon. Believe me, we there's no way we could do this overnight. That's just not happening. And by that, by the time it does completely, and uh, people that work in those industries should be able to get retrained. Uh, they should start doing looking into that kind of stuff now. But uh, and I feel really bad for you know somebody who's in their fifties that's worked for a coal company their entire lives. That that is rough. That is incredibly rough. So we. We're going to need to do something to cushion that and to help those people transition. Um, but, you know, it's coming. It's absolutely it's coming. Whether you like it or not. I mean, I don't know if I like it or not, but I know it's coming. The uh, I think it's a little exciting to think that electricity for a lot of things that we're using oil and gas for now, uh, that a lot of the electricity is going to come through a solar panel that's a lot more effective than the ones we have today. And the ones we have today are pretty good. They've actually come a long way. Uh, it, it's exciting to think that you could probably live in a rural area and not have to go without internet or television because you've got solar panels and satellite. That's interesting. And it really bodes for a, a very good, very strong long-term economy. It really does. And that makes me very, uh, I don't know, I guess stock markets are always going to fluctuate. So, but I look at the long run and go, well, I can see a path. I can see where growth is going to come from. I can see where the opportunities are going to come from. If, if I were a kid 
there's no doubt in my mind that I would probably be an electrician. I wanted to do that when I was a kid. When I was like 18 years old, I went and took a test and I found out I was partially colorblind. <laughs> and you don't want to be colorblind back in those days because all the wires were color coded. You might grab the wrong wire, wire and that would be the last wire you ever grabbed. Yeah, so I, I didn't qualify for that. And uh, to think about that, I probably wouldn't have gone to college. I probably wouldn't be talking on the radio today. I uh, wouldn't be doing what I do for a living. I would uh, be an electrician. And uh, that's really what I thought I wanted to do. And then I went, uh, so I decided that I, I think I, I did go to college. And while I was in college, I think I really wanted just to get a degree so I could fly. I wanted to fly jets in the military or and actually anything. I didn't really care. And uh, so I'm 18. I go to see if I can qualify to go to the Army because they you don't have to have a college degree to fly helicopters. And I got in there, and my colorblindness was bad enough to uh, omit me from that possibility of a career. <laughs> and uh, so I went to college. <laughs> anyway, long story short, I ended up majoring in economics, not because I thought it was the... Uh, greatest thing to do. I was just curious, you know, I was just curious, how does this thing work? And it works very well. It works extremely well. When people are doing things like they're doing today, when they're printing a lot of money, when they're financing a lot of projects, the net result of that is progress over time. Is there a lot of wasted money? Sure. But that's always been the case. That's always been the case. And is the money going to be spent, you know, Super wisely, that depends on who you ask. Actually, everybody's got an opinion on that. I just know that it's going to get spent. I also know that when it goes through the economy, it gets taxed. So the government recaptures a lot of that money relatively quickly. And the, the key is doing it at a rate that doesn't cause too much social unrest or turmoil. That's kind of a key. So long story short, we're in a pretty good place. Where are we with fixed income? That's not a good place. The place that we're in with fixed income is our interest rates are too low to be anything other than something to keep your entire portfolio from fluctuating 50%. That's why you want to have fixed income because hopefully it's not going to fluctuate 50% like stocks will from time to time. And by the way, stocks have always been extremely volatile. People just I don't know what it is. I think up until the uh, internet age, people didn't have access to charts and couldn't watch their account 24-7. And when they got the ability to watch their accounts 24-7, their performance started going down. <laughs> Can you believe that? The uh, performance of the average investor as, as they've had access to more information. Now, I, by the way, I am not completely sure of this. It's just a, I just saw this from a, a research company. But the performance is slightly worse today than it was 20 years ago of the average investor. And could be because market, but they're comparing the returns relative to the market. So that, you know, I just answered my own questionable thought there. The, uh, and uh, so anyway, I've been babbling on for a, a long time. If you have a question, I'm going to, when I come back, well, I've only got about a minute before I have to take a commercial break. When I come back, I'm going to talk a little bit about the alternatives to fixed income, and then we're going to talk about the individual stocks. I'll do uh, an equal part on both of them. I know I've had a lot of people, I still invest in individual stocks because mainly because I just like doing it, and uh, it's fun. Um, it's exciting. 
sometimes not in a good way. <laughs> you see your stocks dropping, you're going, ooh, I, yeah, try not to watch that. Try to go back to the rules that I know I'm going to follow. And, and that's, that's the really big thing. You got to set up a methodology for yourself, something that you can do that's not that hard. If it's really hard for you to do, if it takes a lot of time, the chances of you having the time today with our modern day and age to, to do something like that are, are nearly zero. That's one of the reasons I'm a big fan of funds. And if you are going to manage some of your own money, then you've got to have rules. You've got to head up, set up some rules. They don't have to be complicated. They don't have to be complicated to be effective. In fact, the less complicated they are, the more likely it is that they're going to work, assuming they're based on logic. Anyway, I hear the music. I got to take a real quick commercial break. This is Bill Bullington. I'll be right back. Hasn't stopped raining for days. My world is a flood. Slowly I become one with the mud. But if I can't swim after 40 days in my Bill Bullington, I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon, and I'm always manning my phone, so if you want to call my office and set up a personal call one-on-one, um, we can do online meetings. I'm not a huge fan, uh, but we can do that if you'd really like to do that, I guess. Uh, and uh, yeah, go to my website, bullingtoncapital.com. Uh, and our phone number's there. You can reach out, and somebody will reach back to you. So, um, yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit about the fixed index because I spent so much time talking about the economy, and I went over a little bit. But I'm just going to give you an example. So here's somebody that's, that's getting ready to retire. Okay, they're 66 years old. They, they plan on retiring at, at 67 because that's the full Social Security retirement age. And they can get their full Social Security at that point in time. And then they can still work. And even if they work and make more money, um, Social Security doesn't get tagged. If, if you don't wait until full Social Security age and you're making money and collecting Social Security, they take some of your Social Security back. So anyway, that's why I use that age. And I put $100,000. So if you started with $100,000 when you're 66 and a year later you're allowed to start taking income 12 months, okay? And the income on that would be 5956 bucks, which is pretty good considering that in a CD, you'd be getting about 800 bucks. You know, if you got eight tenths of a percent on a CD, which a one-year CD is, that's right around what they're paying. And let's say you got a, a huge a, a deal on a CD, a five-year 1.3% CD somewhere that I can't find anywhere right now. I'm just using this for an illustration. So if you've got a 1.3% CD 
that would give you $1,300 a year in income versus $5,956. Now, this is not a CD. This is a long-term investment vehicle. You don't want to be pulling out of it. Uh, well, you can pull out the income, plus you can pull out another 7% without any penalties. But if you go above that amount, then there are you know, penalties involved. So you don't want to do that. You want to make sure that this is money that you're using to produce income for you or give your portfolio a little bit more stability. Okay, because the principal on these things is uh, still insured. It, not that you can take it all out. If you take it all out early, you know, before your, I think there's a nine-year uh, clause on this one. But after nine years, then you can take all your money out. Um, that's one of the things I'm not real fond of with a lot of the annuities these days. They're complicated. I mean, they are really complicated. So you really need to, to sit down with somebody who can explain it to you and doesn't mind explaining it several times until it sinks in because it, it, it is a lot. And I'm using one of the more, the lesser complicated products out there, uh, because I like the, the fact that, um, eventually most people can get their arms around it. Um, but if you're new to it, if you're new to annuities, even if you've been a long-term stock investor, it's tough. It's really tough. It, it's unbelievable how much stuff is out there and the stuff that I have to wade through every day uh, just to keep up. But that's one, one of the reasons I like this one. It's one of the simpler ones. There is another product you hear me talking about, uh, and that's the investment-only annuity. Those are two different things completely. Um, the investment-only allows you to pick from a huge array of funds. We actually have models that we run inside of those things. And it's tax-deferred. Uh, there's no sales charge in or out. Okay, so like this, the fixed index has a charge. If you get out early, if you if you took the whole thing out at once, then there there could be a penalty. Uh, if it uh, with this other one, there are no penalties. But the the fixed index guarantees that for that 67 year old who's 66 now, that a year from now, and by the way, this is just today. This can change. The insurance company is allowed to change what they're offering tomorrow, as of today. Put a hundred thousand bucks in there, you get five thousand nine hundred fifty-six dollars in income starting a year from now, and that would be guaranteed lifetime income. The guarantee is only as strong as the insurance company, so we want to try to pick really strong insurance companies or companies with at least an A rating. I like A plus, and uh, that, that's kind of a big deal. So, having said all that stuff, if you have a, if that rings a bell, you want to see what that might work out for for you. There's a website you can actually go to. I'll send you the link. So just Hit me up, um, bill at bullingtoncapital.com. Say, I want that link. I'll send the link over, and you can put your own information in there and see what uh, you might be eligible for. Anyway, I know that uh, we've got a few minutes left here, and I'm running um, a scan, and this is for the lookout for the bull section of the show. That's what I like to call it anyway. Um, Mike Seeger, he's a uh, nice young man. He runs the website. I taught him how to to do the scans and then he publishes those scans every day. It's relatively inexpensive. And uh, this is where I spent an enormous amount of time in my younger days. Now I, I still spend a lot of time doing this, but it's typically just for me. It's trying to do this over a large number of accounts is just impossible. And it's why that uh, I put the, I had Mike put up the website. So if you really wanted to learn how to do this, that you could. And I have started working on a little pamphlet that's basically going to say a lot of the things that are up there free right now on the website. But 
there's some other insight I think that helps you if you're looking at individual stocks okay, and you're not going to be a long-term investor. You don't want to really do what I'm doing with a portion of my money. That's another thing that we'll have to talk about maybe next week. But this is a very specific style and it's been used for uh, decades by other people who did were very successful with it. And it still works to this day. It still works. It doesn't work like people think it should or want it to. You know, the average person wants to win on 80% of their trades because they read you know, on the Internet somewhere that somebody can do that. Let me tell you something. If you could do that, you know, Warren Buffett would be parked outside your house asking for tips. The, uh, it, it's not possible unless you're a high-frequency trading firm, and that's not the same thing. That's, that's market-making. That's not trading. Yeah, they call it trading and it confuses people. So let me let me skip all this stuff. Here is the a company that came up on this scan today. Okay. And it's called a company called Dicom Industries. I've been in and out of this thing uh, a ton of times over the years. And these guys are uh, uh, engineered. The symbol is DY. So just go to, you know, go Google it. Uh, put stock symbol DY. And then you can read what the company does about what they do. The uh, the chart pattern is a classic breakout. Just a classic breakout. It stocks up nineteen percent today. Okay. Yeah. So if I were to buy this thing, I would be putting my stop about ten percent below my purchase price. What I found is that if a stock drops more than ten percent below your purchase price, probably not going to be what I like to refer to as a screamer. And a screamer is a stock that takes off with a shot and doesn't look back. And it's like one of those rockets you see the kids holding that they make that noise. <laughs> you, now, they're not going to make a noise. I mean, I don't know. You might be able to program your computer to make a noise when they come up on a skin. But <laughs> the, the, the bottom line is I'm shooting for the screamers. That's what I want to hit. I want to hit one of those go, that goes up a whole lot real fast. Okay. And by the way, if you are successful, one out of 10, if you manage to identify one out of 10 screamers, because I'll show you how to cut your losses on the ones that don't work out, you, you can be profitable. You can be profitable on one out of 10. Okay. Now, you're probably going to make money, depending on how strong or weak the market is, somewhere around 30, 40, 50% of the time. That's a normal range. And I know a lot of people wonder, well, how do you make money if you're not right more than 50% of the time? It's called keeping your losses small and riding your winners until they actually turn and give you the signal that it's time to go. Okay. Keep your losses small and then stay with your winners as long as they don't go down by a certain percentage point. I think on the uh, Lookout for the Bull website, somewhere around 15 or 17% in that neighborhood. And that's fine. A, a screamer probably doesn't have that many corrections that are more than, you know, 9, 10, 12%. So it's when you're looking for the screamer, you're looking for the stock that's, that you think has the potential to continue to move higher. Otherwise, you really, really wouldn't be buying it. Uh, why am I pointing this one out? Well, because the, the chart pattern is, is a good one. Uh, and by the way, uh, one of the things you have to learn not to do is to try to anticipate which ones are going to be the winners and which ones aren't. That is really hard to do psychologically. I look at it and I go, uh, I understand. I've seen this. 
I've been in it actually a few times, and I've seen it make some pretty decent runs. Is it, uh, what do I think? Well, I think it's worth a shot. You know, it's worth a shot. If I'm putting a 5% position on, that means the maximum number of stocks I'm ever going to have to have in the portfolio is 20. And since I'm going to put trailing stops on them, I really don't have to watch them. Since I'm going to put trailing stops on them, I don't have to watch it. So all I do, I'll get a notification of the stock. When, when the stock gets sold, because it's got a trailing stop on it, I'll, I'll get a notification. And when I get that notification, then I'll know I've got money there that I can turn around and invest in something else if I feel like it. A lot of times I don't feel like it, or a lot of times I just don't see anything coming up. And I can tell you, here's the uh, one that came up. Oh, I can tell you exactly when it came up. It was September 21st. And it came up again today. It was 88 bucks then. It's 149 today. That's what I meant. Screamer. That's a, uh, that stock is just taking off like crazy. And uh, the, the symbol on it is Wire, W-I-R-E. And it's a, uh, uh, they call it Encore Wire Company, Technology, Electronic Components. That industry, I can tell you, is highly competitive. The profit margins are not real high. I just know that because I, I'll look the companies up. When they come up, if I see the chart and I like the chart, I will look it up. I'll look up what the company does. I'll read about the company. And you do that for about 25 years. And a lot of com- you know what a lot of companies are like. And you know what a lot of the industries that they're in are like. Gives you a little bit of an edge, although not much. And I, I actually, I think in a lot of times... It's actually cost me money because I've laid off on a company that I thought, well, the industry is not that profitable. The average profit margin is like one and a half to two percent. You know, that's slightly better than a grocery store, but not much. The uh, and uh, so I, I might have avoided something, and of course, that's the one that really takes off and, and beats the dog out of the rest of my portfolio. <laughs> So in in other words, you would actually not have to know anything about financial statements, and you could make this work. Think about that for a second. You don't have to know anything about financial statements and you can make this work. That's because you're small and that's because you're paying attention to the amount of risk that you're taking on each and every transaction. And the things that I we scan for have been shown uh, to uh, select or bring attention to those stocks that, again, I like to call screamers, those stocks that have the potential to go up a lot in a relatively short time period. And uh, I know that, you know how weird this is? So I'm talking about trading breakout stocks, if you want to call it that, or trend following. And a minute ago, I was talking about something that was super safe to keep your money in because bonds are so low. <laughs> that's, the, uh, that's the thing about the market. There are a lot of con- contradictions in the market, and there's a certain amount of money you want to keep safer. That's when you want to look at some of the annuity products. And again, just hit me up, uh, call. I don't expect you to remember anything that I said other than, you know, you, you get a pretty good rate of return for your fixed income. It's a good alternative for a portion of your money. And uh, although not all your money, you're still going to need some money in stocks. Now, how much money you need in stocks really depends on your personal situation. Some people need very little. You know, some people need much more. So won't know that until we... Uh, until we find out, until we take a look at what you're doing and answer a few questions for me. And uh, 
Now, it's really interesting. I've never seen two identical risk tolerances and account balances. That's, that, in my entire career, that's never come up. I've never seen two people who had identical risk tolerances and who had the same account balances, even though a lot of them were married. <laughs> so there were differences. Sometimes the differences are the biggest between the married couples. So there, there's, I'm very fond of saying there's no one right way to invest, but there is a right way for you. And sometimes it's not even that easy to figure out. I mean, it, it really isn't. I mean, you, you want the big returns, but you don't want the risk that goes with it. And, you know, you, you got to figure out, you, you got to hit a happy medium there. And uh, that's basically what we try to do. Where do we figure out what is that happy medium? What are you going to be happiest with? And uh, what are you going to be able to sleep at night with? You know, if the market's down 30, 40% like it was, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, the, uh, are you, you know, feeling like, well, how are you feeling? Are you sleeping well? If it's affecting your sleep, then you need to change. You need to get within your own risk parameters. You got to figure out what those are. We'll talk about that more next week since I hear the music. This is Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon on 1420. Stay tuned, every. Buddy, for the next show, have a good weekend and good luck and happy Thanksgiving. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.